Hey, everybody, we are back. Another episode of the West Coast Preps podcast. I am Chris Jackson, joined here by the esteemed, the legendary Noah Glosson. It's been a lot of craziness, right? We've had heat kind of change some game times and schedules. I know there were a couple of cancellations last weekend in the Valley. I know Freedom's game out there got canceled going to the Sacramento region. Now we've got an official shortage that's changing schedules. Dublin Kimball is one of those games that moved to Monday evening at Dublin. I believe it's a 6.30 p.m. kickoff of Dublin hosting Kimball from Tracy. Got Akalani's now host Redwood instead of Friday night. That's now Saturday evening in Lafayette. How are you seeing this affect high school football and games right now with there not being enough officials anymore in California? Well, this issue has kind of been uh, in the talks of the past few years. Uh, official shortages. We, it, it's been hard to find an official. It's become increasingly harder over the past couple of years. I know the CIF is doing all that they can to find officials. They've placed penalties um, on individuals who attack referees after games. You are then banned for life from any CIF-sponsored event. Uh, but it is getting tougher. As someone who's had some questionable experiences with referees and officials in the past, it they're not trying to ruin the game. They're doing their best. They're not trying to make one team win. And most of the time they do an okay job. It's just sometimes they, people get out this negative connotation when you see these reps that, oh my God, they're going to ruin the games or they don't call us holding or what, whatnot, but they're just doing their best. And they are an integral part to make sure everyone plays fairly and by the rules. And let's not forget, it's not like these officials are paid a lot either. High school coaches aren't paid a ton in California. I can show you the stipends. I can show you the pay. There's some districts where the stipend is $1,600 for the season. And you think of how many hours film and being a mentor to kids and coaching and game planning and practices. This it's, That's worth a lot more than $1,600 in officials. It's not paid a lot. You've got fans, parents, whoever it is, berating officials. And it's only making – officiating worse I think to be honest with you because there's a lack of officials you're having officials kind of stepping out of nowhere I've seen new officials in their first games a couple of times this year and you can see they're still kind of getting the hang of it people are complaining but that's the ref like is it your first game they're like yeah it's like okay that, that makes perfect sense right it's the first game we need to have patience but we're in this situation for a reason officiating is not perfect but heck it ain't at every level and in high school but it's high school football it's it's not going to be the most clean, well-officiated game. And I can guarantee you at least 99.5% of these officials are not out to get your kids. No, I, I absolutely agree. You cannot just judge all of them based on a few. A lot of these people are new and volunteering. Um, we just haven't been able to find a lot of reps uh, because of stuff like this that's been happening. I'm glad the CIF is taking the right direction with these uh, punishments for those who berate and attack reps. But at the same time, there needs to be a different culture change towards refs. Uh, we shouldn't always treat them as poorly. Of course, we should provide them adequate training. But, I mean, they're only doing the best they can. They're, they don't have any malicious intent. And they want to see the game played fairly and cleanly. And if they see something, they might call it, even if you, you know, don't agree with it. Yeah, it all depends on what they're told going into games, too. There's, maybe there's different focuses. We see at the start of college football, basketball seasons, NBA seasons, right, where you're told to focus on something early on. First three to four weeks, you see a lot of calls of that. It's the same at every level. And the pay is not a ton. They're giving out a lot of time out of their day, travel, everything else, to go there to officiate your kids' games. That's, I mean, that, that takes a lot, right? You've, that, that's a noble thing to do. 
I know you may not like officials, but that's pretty dang noble if you're going to go out there and support kids. It's noble to be a high school coach, athletic director, teacher, just work in education. Anything like this in general is a very noble thing to do. What refs are doing is noble. And there was a freshman game at Foothill a couple of weeks ago. I remember Foothill's head coach, Greg Hobner, texted me and he said, how we, I literally had to call someone at the last second because we didn't have officials for this game and it was going to get canceled. Somebody stepped in to officiate that game, but he even said it too. Officials should get paid more, and they they deserve to get treated better too. I'm sorry, Hobner, if you wanted that between us, but I just want to show a coach is supporting officials too. They need to get paid more in other states. I know in Texas they get a percentage of the gate revenue that comes in. Maybe that's a way to change pace goes too. Because a lot of these games you go to, it's not like there's a shortage of fans out here either. You don't have the stadium size as Texas, but it's not like you're going to Monta Vista, you're going to what is it, Windsor High School, you're going to Camp Lindawakalani's, whatever's on a Friday night, and there's a lack of fans to help pay officials. Yeah, it's definitely it's not about the pay. It's it's it is about pay partly, but it's also about you know the mental aspect. You know, people get booed all the time. And that's just, you know, part of what fans do. Of course, there's no shortage of fans. Um, the fans and the revenue is there. They just, you know, they don't get paid adequately. And they honestly deserve that. That might very well attract new uh, referees who want to be trained and, you know, just do something noble for the kids who are playing. And you want officiating to be better and more people will officiate your games. Treat them a little better. Treat them with respect. If you're mad about a call, ask a question. They're not going to go off on you 99% of the time if you just ask a question. I've seen it. It gets hostile when there's yelling back and forth, but I've seen a lot of coaches ask and just, hey, they get the straight answers. Now they understand. Then they can teach their players, hey, they're looking out for this. Let's just be careful with this and that. We've just – we've almost lost our way a lot of times, and there's only more going into now. There's not enough pay. There's – probably need some more training sometimes too, but we also just need to treat these people better. If they're taking out time on their Friday evening from their families, their kids, grandkids, whomever it is, their husbands, wives, whomever, and they're officiating your kid's game, it's not out of malicious intent. They're making a little bit of money while donating all the travel on a Friday, on a Thursday, on a Saturday, Tuesday night in basketball, soccer, whatever it is, to be there so your kids can actually have an athletic event. Right. They, I mean, they have sometimes they have nothing to gain from this other than personal, you know, um, fulfillment because they want to do this. They want to be there for the kids and help them out. Uh, oftentimes, if, you know, they do this a lot during the season. The pay, the operating cost of expenses, of travel, um, uh, it far outpaces the actual salary they're bringing in. And that just proves it. You know, you they want to do this for the kids and they don't want to you know hurt anyone or get or make a bad call or lose them in the game exactly it's something we'll monitor we'll see how this thing goes going forward hopefully we get to a point where there's not an official shortage that doesn't affect high school scheduling because it's also tough too with everything that's happening then it changes schedules Dublin Kim will play on Monday let's just say they had Friday games after you got to change that to a Saturday because you need x amount of days between games that changes everything that affects the teams they're going to play next that changes their practice schedule at the last second game schedules travel. You got to get those buses, right? Parents got to readjust their schedules sometimes too with work and family obligations and everything else. Too. So there's a lot that goes into it. Now the positive stuff. We've got a lot of good games this weekend, especially Friday evening in the Bay area. 
you just look up and down the schedule. There's 10, 15 games that really stand out. And Noah, what are some that you've really got circled on your calendar? Um, well, I made a list of week four games. Uh, specifically, the CCS is not as um, doesn't have that firepower this week. It's relatively thin the slate because the West Catholic Athletic League is mostly on its bye. All but Archbishop Reardon is on its bye. Also, Wilcox and Los Gatos, two really good teams from the Santa Clara Los Gatos area, are on their buys. And Menlo Atherton is out in the Central Valley battling Del Oro this Friday. But for NCS, the slate is loaded. So here are some matchups that I really like. We can there are many. So first off, headlining this Friday, this mouthwatering schedule, we got Pittsburgh and Folsom. Folsom makes the daunting trip out to Fols- out to Pittsburgh, an intimidating atmosphere for any team to play in. Pittsburgh has a remarkable tw- senior class, one of the best that we've ever seen out of that out of East County. Uh, you know you. Uh, Miami commit, Jaden Rashada, Kai Taylor, Nevada commit, Zachary Card, Keenan Higgins, Rashid Williams, all those guys take on Folsom, which is one of the better teams in the Bay Area. And they've been that way for, in the NorCal, and they've been that way for a long time. You know, you've got Austin Mack, you've got Miko Flores, the Notre Dame bound ride receiver. And I know Walker Lyons broke his leg, but Mason Norberg is a good tight end. And this team is scary with or without Lions. And that's going to be a really close matchup on Friday. I know Greg's going to go there, and he's in for a treat. Yeah, it's a great matchup. You look at it, see Walker Lyons is hurt, broke his leg, unfortunately. But you got another three-star tight end. He's got multiple Division One offers. I know San Jose State's also offered him and Mason Norbert. He's put up a lot of big numbers. You've got Rico Flores, who you mentioned going to Notre Dame, 344 yards. Ontario Smith, San Jose State, he had 159 yards, two touchdowns. Awesome. Max, a big quarterback with 833 yards and 10 touchdowns. Last year, Folsom won this game in Folsom. How do you see this one going out this time around? Oh, it's going to be tough, but I got to give Pitt the edge. The talent, I love the grittiness. What they did down in San Diego to Nevada of Liberty, one of the better teams in that area. They're also being affected with uh, game changes due to uh, smoke and other official shortages and problems like that. Uh, this Pittsburgh team is really good. They rolled over Bethel. No disrespect to Bethel, but never stood a chance against a team like that. So Pittsburgh also rolled over Cal early this week. Rashada went off. So did Kai Taylor. I think Pittsburgh takes this one. It's going to be a really close game decided by a score, maybe even a field goal. But I love the talent of Pittsburgh. I love their grit. Victor Galley is a great coach. Pirate Stadium is going to be rocking this Friday. So I got the Pirates winning this one. I think this is a Pittsburgh team that's really got all the pieces this year. I think they're going to win this game, too. I'm with you. And they've got two quarterbacks that have really stepped up again. I guess what's new at Pittsburgh these last few years, right? A couple of years ago, Eli Brickhandler, Jaden Rosada. Last year, at Rosada and Christian Aguilar. Aguilar now at Clayton Valley. Now you got Jaden Rosada, but that first quarter at Cal, Marley Alcantara, the sophomore, threw for over 100 yards at Cal. So you've got him next to Rosada, too. That's going to be a fun matchup against Folsom. What are some other ones you're really looking forward to? Ooh, this is a Saturday matchup, and it's one of the better games in the CCS. Archbishop Reardon takes on SHP. Reardon's offense versus that daunt, that stifling SHP defense, uh, Adir Ravapati being a team he's quite familiar with. Uh, how do you see this one playing out, Chris? I like the way both teams are well-coached, a lot of talent. You've got Reardon's added a lot of talent now. you got that young quarterback, Michael Mitchell Jr., is only a freshman. 
He's got a lot of receivers to throw to, good running backs, great offensive line, and great defense. SHP's got a lot of these pieces too. You got David Shaw's son, Carter Shaw's a Division One prospect. RJ Stevens on the defensive line's only played a couple of years of football. He's got offers. Shea O'Kelly had 191 tackles last year. You know how hard that is to do. I don't care who you're playing, what that schedule looks like. You make 191 tackles, you're always in the right spot on the football field. That is game of production speaks for itself just pop on the film and you'll see that too but there, there's so much here i just think reardon's got the edge they got so many guys on this team right now and i i think i would just be crazy to pick against it here ravapati yeah no i see where you're going and dear ravapati during his tenure at menlo Athlon was four no against sacred preps so he knows that knows that team like the back of his hand uh, michael mitchell like you said great quarterback He's really risen up the ranks, and he's one of the top players in that freshman class. You got Isaiah Chala, who's you know receiving offers, who's receiving interest from a lot of great top-tier schools. He's got three offers overall. Uh, this Britain team is probably one of the more improved teams in the Bay Area, given how much talent they have. But I like SHP's chances, especially with that defense. That defense is solid. They held um, Sacred Heart Cathedral to just 13 points, and holding teams to 11 points overall this season. I think, though, Reardon's has too much firepower, and I think they overpower SHP. Now let's go into another game. It looks like it's going to win game of the week. Heritage post-vintage, 7 p.m. Friday in Brentwood. <laughs> There's definitely lots of like with both teams, and Heritage just comes in with a lot of momentum. Yeah, easily. Heritage uh, might be the most improved team in the Bay Area, among other teams. We'll get into that, the most improved teams in a bit. Devin Rivers, he really is up there for a chance to win player of the year. He's just, the production he's put on so far has been incredible. Uh, I, Jeremiah Rufin's a great receiver, and Heritage seems to be clicking at the right time. They have good energy there, and the, the commitment of the players, you know, wait outside the locker room at 5.30 a.m., it just speaks for itself how much uh, – this team wants it, how much they want to grow and improve. They got a tough team with Vintage. Vintage always plays tough up there in Napa Valley. They did surprise Antioch in overtime. They're one and two, but keep in mind who they're playing. You know, Cardinal Newman, Antioch, that's a tough schedule. So it's going to be a close game, but I have Heritage going for now. Yeah, I love what Vintage has up front. Their running game's always good. You know they're going to be well-coached and disciplined. They're one and two, but again, like you said, they played Carl Lumen. They beat Antioch in overtime, and Antioch ran for 480 yards the week before against Monta Vista. And the other loss for Vintage was to San Ramon Valley, and San Ramon Valley's always tough, big, a lot of good numbers there. I'm with you, though. I like Heritage. Devin Rivers, Fresno State kid, he's breaking all sorts of records. He's almost at 800 yards through three weeks of football, 200-plus yards every game. Jeremiah Ruffin's a freak of an athlete on both sides of the football, has a Nevada offer. You got Brooks Davis, new to football, over 19 miles an hour. He's their number two receiver. Their offensive line is experienced now. They've gotten really bigger. You're seeing that on defense, too, the size, the strength, the toughness, the IQ, and the secondary is much improved this year. So I like what Heritage has all around. And then that sophomore quarterback, Austin Peters, has made some really good plays. And he's – when you got to – Quarterback guru coach like Dave Fogelstrom, you know that your quarterback's going to be coached up right at Heritage. So I'm with your Heritage wins this game. No, I agree easily. Heritage, uh, Devon Rivers having a amazing year. He's already at 720 yards through three games and nine touchdowns. 
he's on pace to surpass 2,000 yards easily if he continues at this historic pace, at this historic rate. Uh, and looking elsewhere in the East Bay, here comes an interesting matchup. San Juan Valley and Las Lomas. Las Lomas is one and two, but they've played some tough teams. James Logan, Rancho Catati, and San Juan Valley, 2-0, wins over Elk Grove and Vintage. Uh, who do you like in this matchup, Chris, and who do you think the impact players will be? It's always a tough matchup between the two, even when you thought San Ramon Valley has got a lot of guys on paper. Los Lomas is always well coached. They're tough. Emmanuel Carnley's a great athlete. Michael Woods, a great quarterback. You've got Fred Adam Towell. I know Lucia just wrote about him today. He just had four touchdowns last weekend. I love San Ramon Valley's team this year. Luke Baker is junior quarterback that can really sling the rock. Getting everybody involved, Trevor Scott, Caleb Madrid, Gavin Jones. Let's talk about him. Seven catches for 193 yards last week. He's really burst onto the scene these last few days, these last few weeks at Santa Monica Valley. I like their line play. I like their defense. I still think Santa Monica Valley is the favorite in this one. But Los Lomas riding some momentum. So he went to Lee and put a licking on Lee on the road and on league play to get his first one. Yeah, absolutely. I think – I think San Ramon Valley has got all the pieces. They've got the culture. Their line play up front is really good. I like what they've got with Luke Baker, the Santa Clara baseball commit, great all-around athlete. And they've played tough over these past few years. I really like the matchups in years past. I think San Ramon Valley edged them out last year. But it's always fun to watch these two teams play. So it's going to be another close game. But I got to lean towards San Ramon Valley. How about elsewhere in the East Bay, Diablo Athletic League, Miramonte 3-0 hosting Oakdale from the Valley, who's 2-1. That's the game I'll be going to. That's a very interesting matchup. I'll tell you when I watch some of their film, the way they break out of that huddle with the center lining up first, they go either to a wing T or a double wing offense, sometimes shovel it to their star running back, who is Brian Delty, also plays the linebacker position. They're tough up front, and – I think this is going to be a tough matchup. I know Aptos beat them earlier in the year. Uh, Miramani's 3-0. They have wins over Berkeley, Ensenal, and Skyline. This win's going to test them. Uh, Luke Duncan, the UCLA-bound quarterback, he's got, I believe, nine, ten touchdowns. Solid year and good quarterback. I think this is going to be a really close matchup, but I think Oakdale, with what they have out there, will win. Yeah, I really like Oakdale, too. They've they're really battle-tested right now. So I like what they got, that rushing attack. This is a big test for Miramonte. They're still 3-0. It's going to be a close one, but I like Oakdale on the road with that rushing attack, like you said. And another one that's definitely an interesting matchup, kind of an underrated game, I would say, out here in the East Bay, is Oakland Tech, undefeated 2-0. Home against St. Vincent de Paul, who's 3-0, just beat St. Helena again, 28-7. Did not allow 100 yards until – just under nine minutes left in that ballgame. St. Vincent de Paul is riding high, but so is Oakland Tech, and they've got some Division One players on that roster. Yeah, absolutely. Oakland Tech and St. Vincent de Paul have plenty of athletes. St. Vincent de Paul won an NCS championship. They got Kai Hall, who's had a legendary career. Cam Vaughn is a good player. I do think St. Vincent de Paul, with that experience they have, especially in uh, big games, they'll win this one over Oakland Tech, but don't count on a team like Oakland Tech, especially with the resilience they've had. We've seen it in all their athletics. Uh, I got to go with them for this win, though. Um, Simmons and DePaul. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be close. 
tough place to play. Anthony Alonzo just had 171 yards interception. He's he's got a grambling state offered Oakland Tech on Mark Staples is a beast of an edge rusher. Washington State, San Jose State, Utah, Oregon State, Arizona State, and Pennsylvania are some of his offers. But I like St. Vincent of Paul, both sides of the football. Well-coached team as well. Oakland Tech is good, but I think St. Vincent of Paul squeaks out a close win on the road. And then there's – what about 707 football again? Vanden and Rancic Otati. It's been a high-profile matchup going into the season, and it sure looks to be the part with both teams coming in undefeated there. Yeah, this is one of the better matchups on the slate this week. Rancho Gutati is 3-0. They've got a, a cow-bound senior in Celasa Vajarale. He's a star in every facet of the game, whether it's on defense, special teams, offense. Had 232 yards against Redwood early this season, three touchdowns. Uh, Liam Keeney has been a fantastic quarterback, as I wrote about earlier this month. He's a candidate for athlete of the year early on. Um, and so many other guys, Dylan Gagnon's great receiver on a nice walker by four offers from FBS schools. Uh, I like Ranch Cotati, but that Vanden defense, you know, Devin Martin, Orion Null, they're so tough up front. Marcellus Chandler is a growing prospect. It's going to be a tight one, but I got to go with Vanden in this one. I, I love this matchup. I like it a lot, but I'm going to go the opposite of you. I'm going to go Ranch Cotati. I'm- I'm feeling overtime in this one. I'm not sure why. I love both quarterbacks, Liam Keeney, Trey Dimes, both the South Dimes right now. Let's just be honest with that. Liam Keeney, 977 yards through three weeks, 11 touchdowns. Trey Dimes, the 46 touchdowns last year, picking up right where he left off. I'm just such a big fan of Salasa Vajrawale, both sides of the football, and Anais Walker, Dylan Gagnon, who you mentioned. That's another guy. Like we mentioned a few minutes ago, Gavin Jones at San Juan Valley's really burst onto the scene. How about Dylan Gag? I don't know he's done these 249 receiving yards, the number two receiver for Rancho Cotati this year. I like Rancho on the road, but that's going to be close. I know every time I've picked against Vanden, they win. So definitely take my pick here with a grain of salt when it comes to me picking a Vanden game. Anytime I picked against them, they win. So that means they're probably going to win this one. Not that I picked against them, but any other games you've got circled want to kind of get into before we move into some surprise teams this year? Sure. Um, there's actually a few, but if we, if we want to move into the games quickly, we can do that. How about El Cerrito and Foothill? Two good defenses going head to head. We know that El, that El Cerrito has got a great defense. Warren Smith, the Washington state bound senior athlete, Tony McAdoo, a great running back. He played really well against Freedom. And Foothill, good defense, good culture over there. Greg Hobner, you mentioned him earlier in the show with what's happening. Who do you see takes this one? I'm going to go with El Cerrito on this one. I love Foothill. I love what they've got. I just like El Cerrito too much. All the pieces right now. I know Foothill was a little banged up these last couple of weeks. El Cerrito is a tough matchup. They've really got a quarterback stepping up too, a great defense. Another close one on the road, Foothill. I've got them two and two after this game. That's a tough nominee schedule, though. You got Vanden and El Cerrito back to back weeks going into week play. Foothill will be ready, and they're still, I think, the favorite in that side of the East Bay athletically. I think El Cerrito, though, wins another close one. But that secondary against guys like Chris Lawson, that top 100 prospect in 2025 class at Foothill as a receiver, is going to be a really, really fun matchup to watch. Yeah. And one more match before we go into the um, teams. I promise this will be the last one. 
How about Cardinal Newman and De Anza? De Anza is a really rising program. Don't sleep on Richmond, by the way. Zayden Crockett is a very interesting and intriguing prospect. De Anza, they lost to McClymonds, but McClymonds is a superpower. And they're going to face off with a tough Cardinal Newman team who's always really good up there with the talent they got. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, and it's one of those things, like, who doesn't lose to McClymonds nowadays? That's a powerhouse in Oakland that just keeps churning out wins and wins and fires and fires. This is going to be a good one. I like it, too. Danza, they shut out Anson all week one. Zayden Crockett's a star both sides of the ball. Sophomore Desmond Sparks is a really intriguing player to watch in that sophomore class. Five catches, 89 yards. Julian Oipoxe, 16 tackles on defense. Danza's got athletes. They've got coaches. Cardinal Newman, though, they just had, I think, the signature win of the Richard Sanchez era. They don't have Santino Acevedo going to vintage. Looks like vintage would be the favorite. Cardinal Newman wins that game on the road 27-8 without its star running back. Guys, they stab in there for 79 yards. Zachary Holman, though, he's a great player on defense. Had 12 tackles in that game. Zach Raya had 10. I'm going Cardinal Newman wins this ball game. I agree with you. And – I think with just that much on the gut. And for some surprise teams, I'm going to start one with another team in the Richmond area. How about Kennedy of Richmond with what they're doing? Uh, Greg Marshall has been doing a fantastic job so far. 3-0 start compared to a winless season last year. I like what they've got. Abtani Gallon is a great linebacker. He's been a star all season long. Uh, and DeAndre Prim is also really good. Uh, Kennedy of Richmond, they're really growing. They're a growing program out there. Yeah, they are. Greg Marshall's always been a highly respected coach, what he's done there. They've been through some adversity these last few years. So those records, that's tough to do when, you've, when you're going with some stuff. But look at this roster they got. You've mentioned it. Avante Gallon, he's going to play college football. DeAndre Prem has just been having great game after great game. He forced a fumble last week. So did Kenny Evans. Prem also recovered a fumble. Daniel Evans is a great player. Curry Parker, each of those guys broke up two passes last week. And Curry Parker, six carries for 112 yards against Galileo as well. This is a team that's really, really rising up the charts again under Greg Marshall. I guess what's new with Greg Marshall kind of football teams and Kenny Richmond. He's got the guys, he's got the athletes, he's got the talent. Definitely got the leadership, it looks like, too, which is where Kennedy is going to be one of those teams that definitely contends at the end of the season like they did a couple of years ago when Jermaine Terry and those other guys were there. Yeah, absolutely. I think this team is growing for sure, and they're going to be competitive. I think they could definitely win some games in the um, Tri-County Stone League. Uh, another team I want to talk about, though, we talked about them before, Heritage. The way they've grown this year, I think they're coming for that number two spot in the East Bay Valley, East Bay um, the Bay Valley League, East County, great athletes out there. Uh, Devin Rivers, Jeremiah Ruffin, Austin Peters. Do you see them as the number two two team in the league? Yeah, I had them at number four in the league coming into the year just because of the results in the past, Antioch beating them, Liberty beating them. But the way Heritage is playing, this leadership, the way football has grown there again with Fogelstrom, I think everything's coming together right now. It's hard not to say they're the number two team in the BBAL, especially with that team and that coaching staff they've got. And they've got a lot of experience on that coaching staff, so you can't underestimate that. Kevin Hartwig's one of their assistants. He was a former head coach at Freedom, Coach Joe Mixon. He coached Ron Rivers, who's Devin Rivers' older brother. You got Ron Rivers, the coach of the year in softball, is one of those assistants, too. Really, Heritage has all these pieces to make a lot of noise again. Yeah, I think they can honestly beat 
Liberty this time for the first time in like many, many years. Uh, they've got that team out there. They've got the culture. And, you know, Liberty is also good. No disrespect to them. But Heritage is doing other things right now. They're on a different level. Yeah, they are. It's one of those teams that I think is they're growing at the right time. Everything's starting to come together, all these classes. And Heritage, you might see the senior class going to be tough to replace these guys. But the coaching, the way they were building football back up, this isn't going to be a program that really takes steps back going forward, it looks like. Another one. Yeah. Another program I really do want to highlight right now, Annalee. They're doing a lot of good things out there in Sonoma County. They've, they just beat Petaluma in a crazy game. They nearly beat San Marin. They're really bursting onto the scene. You've got Moreau Catholic with Keith Miner is doing big things. They've played a tough schedule too. They've lost to Camp Luna. They've lost to San Marin, but those were two close games. And then San Rafael football, Coach Soli. Moves over from Tamil Pius as an assistant. He's building some great momentum at San Rafael. I'm telling you, this is a program that's going to grow. They really coach guys up in a great way at Tamil Pius. And this guy now, as a head coach at San Rafael, I think he's going to do the same thing out there. Yeah, and speaking of Anley, Gio Vicentin is a great receiver. Sammy Long is an amazing quarterback. What they've got up there is really, really impressive, especially with how they're performing. 13 touchdowns against three interceptions for Sammy Long. He's a very good quarterback, I got to say, averaging 370 yards a game and 22 yards per completion. He's a very intriguing quarterback, and he's doing big things. They could make some noise up there in that league. I know you got guys like Windsor and Andrew Gattati who are very tough always, but don't count this team out. Definitely. You said it perfectly. Those are some teams that are going to really step up. Annalise making a lot of noise. They're growing again. They're going to be one of those teams that – might make some things closer than they should be at the end of this year. That's all I think I can really say on that. That wraps it up for another edition of the West Coast Preps podcast. Stay tuned tomorrow evening again. We'll have our Twitter space back. Looking forward to it always. Football is back again this weekend. It's colder weather. Everything looks good. But everybody, take care. Stay safe. Follow us on social media, West Coast Preps underscore. Subscribe to our Podbean, to our Apple, to our Spotify, and to our YouTube as well.